Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I am so very thankful to be your host. We're looking today at the instruction of Amenhotep. I'm going to pronounce that last name again. The instruction of Amen, like Amen, M O Pet. Amen, M O Pet. Amen, M O Pet. We got it. We're going to be checking it out in the Wycliffe Dictionary of Biblical Archaeology, Editor Charles Fife, put out by Hendrickson. Absolutely stellar book on archaeology. So let's get started. Thanks for being here. We're going to see if this has really anything to do with the Bible. We might be surprised by this. So it's pages uh, 38, 39 in this wonderful book. We'll just read a little bit, make comment around it, you know, fair use kind of stuff. The Egyptian Book of Wisdom Literature, commonly called Amen Mopet or Amen Momop, Amen Momop, was brought to the British Museum by E.A. Wallace Budge in 1888. So much great archaeology in the 1800s. It was written in heretic Egyptian on a papyrus 12 feet, 1.5 inches long, and 10 inches wide, so these scrolls were ancient, said to have been discovered in Thebes, great kingly royal city. The text occupies 27 columns bearing the Egyptian title, Teaching How to Live. Sounds like Proverbs. It's classified as British Museum Papyrus 10474. A portion also appears in a writing tablet in Turin. It's interesting. Scholars disagree concerning the date of Emin Mopet, but the weight of current opinion suggests sometime between the 10th and 6th centuries B.C. This would be during the first temple period, basically. The original may be much earlier than our copies, probably so. The biblical students have shown considerable interest in Emin Mopet because of his numerous parallels with the book of Proverbs. Particularly Proverbs twenty two seventeen through twenty three fourteen, Amim Mopet says. Now you have to remember, Solomon takes an Egyptian wife, and so very close to this time period. So who knows? But I, I obviously it's given my inspiration of God. Solomon's is not this. Do not carry off the landmark as the boundaries of the arable land nor disturb the position of the measuring cord. Be not greedy after a cubit of land, nor encroach upon the boundaries of a widow. Parallel passage in Proverbs 22, 28, 23, 10 reads, Remove not the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. Do not remove an ancient landmark or enter the fields of the fatherless. A proverbial saying from Amen Mapet reads, better is poverty in the hand of the God than riches in a storehouse. Better is bread when the heart is happy than riches with sorrow. This may be compared with Proverbs 15, 16, and 17. Better is a little with fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of herbs than love than a fatted ox and hatred with it where love is, I should say. Scripture bears witness to the fact that the Egyptians were noted for their wise men. Solomon's wisdom, we read, surpassed the wisdom of Egypt, 1 Kings 4.30. 
Israel had contacts with Egypt during the Solomon era, as it did also before and after. It should not be surprising that similar thoughts appear in the literature of the two peoples. It's harder to determine whether the biblical text or Amen Mopet had priority. W.O.E. Osterly in the Wisdom of Egypt in the Old Testament suggests that an Egyptian wise man incorporated the biblical idea into the Egyptian Book of Wisdom. Now, I will say this, especially like the Book of Proverbs, it's a very practical book, and much like the Code of Hammurabi, it could just be observations. They, they might be the law of nature, as Romans 1 talks about, Romans 2, that the Egyptians just noticed these things. And and then we have inspired scripture that backs it up. Possible. These ideas may very well have been in oral form prior to both our book of Proverbs and Egyptian Amenopet. Osterly sees a common stock of wisdom material which was abundant in the Near East, providing the materials for the literature of many peoples. Specific ideas of Amenopet seem to be a higher level than those of other Egyptian books of wisdom and could conceivably have their origin in Israel. And that's conceivable. Let's look at a little bit of the bibliography. I always enjoy that. I get so much out of it. I hope you do too, in especially a book like this. So E.A. Wallace Budge, The Teaching of Amenopet, Son of Canacht, in Hopkins and Company, London, 1924. Uh, Francis Llewellyn Griffith wrote The Teaching of Amenophis, the son of Kanakar, uh, the papyrus BM 1074. Uh, I'm going to skip over just a little bit. Some of these are mags. See if we can get some books. Robert Oliver Kevin, The Wisdom of Amen M. Opat, and its uh, Possible Dependence upon Hebrew Book of Proverbs. University of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, 1931. James Martin McGlinchey, The Teaching of Amen M. O. and the Book of Proverbs, Catholic University of America, Washington, 1939. W. O. E. Esterly, The Wisdom of Egypt and the Old Testament in the Light of Newly Discovered Teaching of Amen M. Ope. There appears to be a few different spellings here in these publications. Um, Society for Boating Christian Knowledge, London, 1927. Then David C. Simpson, this is a mag, the Hebrew book of Proverbs and the teaching of Amenophis. And that's in GEA 12, 1926, pages 232, 239. Pretty interesting stuff there. But, uh, you know, I, again, it could be that the Egyptians were dependent upon Proverbs could be just nature itself as far as, uh, you know, the practicality of nature of Solomon being dependent on uh, Egypt. Highly doubt it, especially when the Bible very clearly proclaims that he surpassed all the wisdom of Egypt. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Thank you for being with us. Join us daily, subscribe, leave a five-star review, share with a friend, church member, Sunday school teacher, and uh, check us out over at New Life of Albany on Facebook and YouTube. We love you. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next time.